Welcome to Level Up Academy podcast, where we explore the diverse set of skills that can be applied across various industries and professions. Each episode, we'll deep dive into the world of transferable skills, discussing topics like communication, problem solving, critical thinking, and more. Join us as we speak with experts in different fields and share stories of individuals who have successfully transferred their skills from one industry to another. Whether you're a recent grad, a mid-career professional, or someone looking to make a career change, this podcast is for you. So sit back, relax, and let's discover how you can leverage your existing skills to excel in any industry. Welcome to Level Up Academy podcast. This is your host, Dr. Leland, a serial educator, an opportunities designer, and a compassionate leader. Hello, Level Up listeners. This is Dr. Leland. Our conversation today that you will be listening is all about self confidence, right? How do we have confidence within ourselves? Confidence is a mindset that can be developed and improved over time with consistent effort and practice. Here are some tips that I would love to provide for you to level up your confidence. There's seven. The first one is identify your strengths. Make a list of your strengths, skills, and accomplishments. Focus on what you can do well and what you have achieved in the past. Number two, embrace your weaknesses. Accept that you have weaknesses and use them as opportunities to learn and grow. It's okay to make mistakes and failure is a part of the learning process. Number three, challenge negative self-talk. Replace negative self-talk with positive affirmations. Instead of telling yourself, I can't do this, say, I will give it my best shot and learn from the experience. Number four, practice self-care. You've heard this over and over, but take care of yourself physically and mentally. Get enough sleep, eat a balanced diet, exercise regularly. That means walking. That means going up and down the stairs sometimes counts if you are working at home, running around your backyard with your dog chasing their tail. And take time to relax and do things you enjoy, even if it's just a cup of coffee outside your backyard. Number five, set goals. Set achievable goals for yourself and work towards them. Celebrate your progress along the way. I love those micro wins. And don't be too hard on yourself if you experience setbacks. It's okay. We're human beings. We're not wired as robots, right? It's okay. Number six, learn new skills. Continuously learn new skills and take on new challenges. This will help you grow and develop as a person and increase your confidence in your abilities. And last tip, surround yourself with positive people. Surround yourself with people who encourages you and support you. Avoid those who bring you down or make you feel bad about yourself or give you self-doubt. And remember, building confidence is a journey that takes time and effort. Be patient with yourself and keep working towards your goals. With me is Metzen. 
Hello, Level Up listeners. Today, I have someone special. Yes, I know I say that every week, but literally every single conversation that I have in this podcast is special because they have their own unique story and adversity to tell you along with their journey and added value conversation. Today, I welcome Mia Smetson. Welcome to Level Up. Thank you. Excited to be here. Awesome. Tell me a little bit about, I'm going to ask a little bit about 20 years of your life from today. Like when did you start? How did you get started where you're at today? Yeah, definitely. So my background started right after teaching English in Thailand. I got into recruiting and I fell deeply in love and I scaled my career to global director of talent management overseeing uh, 450 employees and roughly 450 contractors in seven countries. And I came across, <laughs> the problem was actually in my own life and in the lives of thousands of women. So I found out that I was underpaid by roughly $30,000. And it was, I mean, my blood literally boiled. Like, that's how I felt. And so I started a company, and we would get jobs that they adore that also helped to pay them an increased comp in roughly 30K additional income um, within a 12-month period of time. So I am taking my own, like, the issue that I have personally dealt with and also that I've heard, because I've done over 5,000 interviews at this point in time, I've heard hundreds and hundreds of women also, you know, not negotiate effectively and not really get what they deserve. And so that's really the sum of the, of the program. Okay, so you went to Thailand, basically, or doing English. When was this roughly, like 10 years ago? When did you actually started that career? That was after college. So it was uh, maybe eight years ago that I left for Thailand, and then I got back. And yeah, because it's been about seven years as in Thailand. Wow. Okay. So you're like, you know what? Enough of this. I'm going to create my own. I'm going to help other women do what they, what I do best. And this is it. So that's actually pretty good. Now, when you started your company, right? What is your company called, by the way? The 30K program. 30K program. So when you started a 30K program, how long ago was that? Yeah. So I've been doing coaching about two, two and a half years. And I founded this program a year ago because when I started doing coaching, I noticed that all of my clients were getting roughly the same result. Like it was literally, I started doing general uh, life and career coaching and almost everybody that my marketing was attracted or was attracting um, they wanted help up leveling their careers, and it was always the pay increase that I was able to help them to get. It was like one of the biggest um, game changers in their in their new role. So, and I will say that even though we are called D30K program and we do have a money back guarantee on getting that after 30K, 
it is about getting a role that you truly adore, right? Money is one component, but we do work with our women to mature, you know, whether it's remote, work-life balance, um, you know, enough time off to spend with your kids, whatever it is important. We just want money to be a factor that they deeply consider and that they know that it's simply a tool and they know how to weld that tool up. Mm, that's cool. How did you actually say, you know what, I'm going to do this to help women? And I, I guess where I'm going is, what are the traits or skills that you think women need in general to get what they want in terms of the money component? It's a, what I believe is the number one skill a woman or any being could develop the ability to increase their threshold to feel discomfort. I believe that discomfort is occurring in your dreams. Actually, for Castillo quote, <laughs> and women do not negotiate. I mean, it's a multifactorial reason. Right? Part of it is a lack of skill. Part of it is a lack of wanting to feel the uncomfortable feelings that arise when you negotiate, when you put yourself out there, right? Courage feels crappy. In the movies, it looks super glamorous. It's so sexy. The reality of the situation is very different. The reality is we have this feeling in your stomach or in your chest and you feel this tightening. And your brain tells you, you're, you're being enough right now. Like you don't really need to ask. Right? And so it's, uh, it's super interesting because like I never thought, I would never talk about as a career coach, I'm like, tell me the money. I'm not resolved. Over here, helping people feel their emotions. Because what I realized was that, like, if we didn't cover that piece, then my clients would start what I would call an ovarian activity. They would feel an increased amount of discomfort because they started effectively negotiating. And all of a sudden, to mute that feeling, they would start overeating, overexercising, overworking, over social media, and over shopping in order to not feel the emotion. And because I care deeply about my clients, I want them to be successful in all facets of life. And so we always talk over, we're gonna teach you this amazing gift of negotiation. We need to teach you how to effectively utilize it and to know what the tool comes with. Because when I first started earning six figures, and I will tell you myself, I, I've gotten, I got three promotions within a 12 month period of time. And the level of discomfort that I felt was so immense. I literally, <laughs> I mean, I went from a senior recruiter, I skipped manager, I went straight to senior manager and then, you know, global director of talent. And and I didn't like know what I was doing. I was so uncomfortable, I was so scared. And I felt this like so many feelings that felt horrible. I don't think that that's really painted. I think that I felt more alive than a lot of people ever feel in their entire lives. And it's because I believe so deeply in the ability to love the feeling of discomfort. I view discomfort like a jar, and I want to increase my threshold to experience it. Because when I experience fully more discomfort, I fully experience more joy. I fully experience more love. And I'm able to attract more to my life, and I'm thus able to actually serve more because I'm not caught up in muting 
all of these uncomfortable emotions with external pleasure in order to stop the feeling. Instead, I'm simply noticing these uncomfortable emotions that I'm focused on, able, I'm able to serve because I'm not there just trying to like mute all this stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a whole lot of sense actually when you're, when you're saying that because like, for example, with school, you're not, nobody, not even your parents, teach you how to manage certain emotions, right? We're not really taught how how to actually keep your anger at bay. A little bit of anger is good because it fuels what you need to change in your life. But when you get angry to the point where you get depressed, okay, you need to kind of slow it down a little bit and back it down. Or if you feel happy, it's too high of a happy, you know there's in the back of your head there's going to be something negative happening. Rather than just writing and feeling that happy for the moment, right? We're always worried about like, what is the opposite of what I'm feeling right now? But I like that you said, you know, when I feel discomfort, I actually feel more emotions of everything else. It kind of heightened it. But do you think that was more of a habit? Did you kind of like track it down? Was it more of a habit forming for you? Or you're like, just kind of stumble upon it? Yeah, I have specific processes to positively reinforce discomfort and failure in my life. So we have, I have a, a um, literal jar that I put coffee beans in. And I have one for rejection and one for failure. And every time I have one, I put in a coffee bean and I literally will give myself a hug. There was a really interesting Stanford study that showed that emotions last an average of 90 seconds. You fully feel them and they dissipate. I'll put a coffee bean in to symbolize me feeling the emotion. I'll literally give myself a hug for 90 seconds. It sounds really crazy, but I think it's like an, an ability to have self-care or, and you're able to serve more and care more. Um, deeply for yourself and your, yeah. Anyways, though, so I put in a coffee bean and then I watch these coffee beans accumulate. And the big thing is that the coffee beans, when they hit 100, you're a different person. And I actually took this framework from a weight loss coach, a very famous weight loss coach who makes about $50 million a year in her revenue. Anyways, she, and she now does more than just weight coaching, but that's how she started. And she had this jar, she called the urge jar, and she would have people put in like a little pebble or like a little, you know, marble or bean or whatever it is. And she said, when you have a hundred urges that you feel, and her type of urges were like, you know, when they're not like eating the chocolate bar at two o'clock in the morning, um, when you have um, like a hundred, you have lost at least 20 pounds. Like, I guess she had, like, statistical, like, data tracked amongst her clients. So I really see the same thing. It's like, if a woman wants, and this is true for any human being, if you want to get and scale and help more people, you need to increase your capacity to feel and kind of thrive in it. Like, I really view it like a, a friend that I, like, pack up in the boat with me. And, like, we're just, like, here on the trip. And I don't judge the discomfort. I don't judge the feeling. I'm just, like, such a into it. And she's, like, part of it. You know, because I, I just think it's really, it's really important to have that level of self-awareness because it is how you grow. And it's also how you make money. And the specific emotion that I think you need to foster if you want to make money is calm. Because calm people make you very much money. It's always the people, and I know this after doing 5,000, I mean, it's probably over 5,000. The last time I counted was 5,000 interviews, is that the calm people are able to 
think strategically they won't get caught up in their, you know, amygdala hijacking over emotion. Just very calm, they're very strategic. They're able to effectively play the game poker, which is also power negotiation. It is truly a game that's meant to be in Hmm, I'm totally losing it because <laughs> I do not have a poker face. I start laughing in poker and they know I'm lying. Uh, that's for sure. Um, and I'm very emotional being too. So I do try to be self-aware when I'm angry, when I'm happy, when I'm sad. I need, I actually have coping skills where like, okay, I'm aware what's happening and I'm feeling that. I actually started, uh, a lot of things happened to me in 2022, good and bad at the same time. Um, I try to be self-aware when that feeling of emotion just rushed through me. I could feel it in my heart and in my head. It's really weird. And so I I start counting down to 10, just like, okay, calm down. I'm talking to myself. I'm like, calm down. It's okay. It will pass. Just let it go, right? And so I'm glad that you said that because there are people that can still negotiate who probably are not calm <laughs> like me. Um, but the discomfort thing, I could see that working it's just like you're right it's how do you actually train someone to say you are going to be uncomfortable when you're doing this and that's okay so first we bring awareness to what's going on if something happens and you don't know what is happening or why it's happening there's like fear and it's like super oh my god but if instead you know oh can i negotiate I feel, and one of the biggest things you can do is separate who you are as a person from your emotion. So I'll literally be like, okay, where do I feel the emotion? I feel it in my stomach. Is it, you know, hot or is it cold? Is it, what is the color of it? Is there, is there a piercing sensation? All depersonalize the emotion because I am not my emotions. I'm the observer of my emotions. I mean, I meditate daily, so it's kind of part of a lot of mindfulness meditation practices. But um, just helping women to know that, like, oh, look, like, you're going to feel this way, that is normal. So you just start to, like, normalize it and, like, befriending it, where it's like, oh, fun. This means I'm putting myself out there mm. and also saying this is what it feels like to be alive. I will tell you what. I have had very people very close to me pass and I have wanted to feel the sadness of grief and if I would have felt joy in that situation there would have been something seriously wrong and I'm very grateful for the emotion of grief because who I am today it has allowed me to foster the relationships the deep relationships that I have and I love more deeply because I feel grief and so I think that that is it, is making that very clear expectation. And then at the same time, we train our women. When you are unprepared and even you go to speak to a large audience, like that you feel very nervous about. But if you have, you know, you've done so many practice sessions, you know exactly what you're going to do and you have a very firm foundation and skill established, you're able to be next level, right? When it comes to that negotiation, we teach our women core concepts in negotiation, like reversing, don't spill the candle, don't spill the candy, double reversing, anchoring, all of these very core fundamental processes so that they know exactly what is going on. It's so funny because our women are like, a lot of them are way more skilled than recruiters because they know all of the cards that the recruiters have. And it's because, I mean, myself, I 
my background is recruiting and now we, you know, leading other recruiters. My sister is a senior recruiter. What do we talk about about recruiting? What do we know employment law? What you can and cannot ask? All of that. We basically like tell them all the secrets. We equip them with enough training. And then we also tell them that they're going to feel like crap and that's to be expected. And then when you have that full package, you're able to negotiate. And you're not just able to negotiate for a new job, new salary. You start being more empowered as a human being, right? All of a sudden, you realize that that person that you've been dating is not the right fit for you, and you go after the person who, you know, maybe you asked that person out that you were super scared to ask out, right? You start actually standing up for the, the person that you are because you feel empowered to do so when you have tools in your tool belt to feel discomfort and also to negotiate for whatever you're looking for, you know? I like that because it's not just about job. It's like the whole entire being, the whole you as a human, as women. What did you find out in terms of why women don't negotiate? Why don't we negotiate? So I think it's multifaceted. But before I answer that question, I will say that some women do so like Iceland is a leader in women negotiating and they actually took a day where they completely stopped working and they stopped doing even the women's invisible workload so they didn't pick up kids and they um, didn't do any chores or anything and they said enough is enough we will be paid more and this was night. It was nineteen seventy-five, uh, October twenty-fourth, that this happened. And an equal pay bill was passed, right? Because women band together, they advocated and they negotiated. Now, what's fascinating is like I've done a lot of analysis, like on globally and on women if they do negotiate. In the majority of the in the majority of the, the countries, they do not. And I think it is. It's there's a lot of reasons at hand. I would say part of it is like the lack of the skill development, like they don't really know the strategy behind negotiating, how to negotiate, even the types of things to negotiate for. Like, I know a lot of people don't realize they can negotiate their title, they can ask for a signing bonus. If you are a, you know, a like a manager or above, you could ask for an executive coach, a mentor. Like, there's a lot of like very strategic things that you can negotiate within an offer. So I would say part of it is knowledge, and then the other part of it is this lack of this, you know, and I would actually say that it's an unconscious fear of feeling discomfort. Because I don't think people really realize that. I think they're just kind of like, oh, this is like good enough. You know, it's like we become very comfortable with like what we're used to and what those around us are used to. And also, like if everyone around you is making $50,000, you become like the five from you spend the most time around, you're probably not going to go out there and be like, oh, let's get a six-figure job. I'll get a mobile six-figure. What, what about a million? What about a billion? Like, that's like probably not even crossing your mind. So it's really like a multifaceted answer. Yeah, I actually was teaching leadership class uh, two days ago, um, and both of them were men, and they were just four women, and I love the conversation. And I said, you know, I my dissertation was actually looking at if there's certain values that executive women, CFO, CIO, CEO, um, do they have different cultural and, and values in terms of moral, ethical, everything else, the difference between United States and the Philippines. And this was over a decade ago, 12, 12, 15 years ago. And I found out that U.S. actually, even though we're for women, we we have a lot of grassroots and things like that. Our organization, uh, we are the bottom top 10 
when it comes to for women and when it comes to executive. And I was kind of taken by that. I'm like, really? And Philippines is a third world third world country and they actually are in there and sweden is number one when it comes to women china is a communist country and at that time with my research it was like 63 percent of their executive women are cfos hold on hold on so women like we're in the bottom percent like what is that measured by executives um by by title not by salary like who actually held positions at ceo cfo cio in the world like in terms of like us and any other countries that they were actually doing a study and i think they did a study for 10 years or maybe even more um in terms of the the title itself and we didn't have that many and i was shook i'm like i for sure would think us would be number one and we don't in terms of values also with women like i could see the fmla being only 12 weeks whereas germany they give you a whole year and i'm not sure about sweden if it's the same but i know that their number one country for women even their leader is a woman and i wonder sometimes uh, if if we have even a study coming from them of why they are so successful at making sure that women have more voice in terms of negotiation really and in leadership positions in those countries have you ever thought about that, like looking at their research? Uh, that's utterly fascinating. And I like want to get into the weeds and like dig this up. Yeah, that is amazing research. I think like, the, the, you know, there's been some research by McKenzie on diversity specifically, and they have proven that companies that have a more diverse workforce or more diverse um, workforce have higher earnings and higher profit. So I know that there is substantial research there, but yeah. And Harvard, I know I'm like Harvard actually have recently had a research. Um, I forgot the, the link. I gave it to my students were teen, I think values or something like that, or elements 17 out of 19 women scored higher than men in leadership positions. It was kind of interesting to kind of see because I am definitely looking at the women trend because I have two daughters. And that's the reason why I'm like, oh, I wonder what my kids are going to be, you know, like from 10 years from now where they're at and how is it that we are now we're looking for diversity, equity and inclusion. And and also I feel like, okay, this is great because we're moving towards where we need to be. But I'm still interested of how other countries like Sweden and Germany can have those women, powerful women that can negotiate, you know, that is actually amazing. And I, I'm wondering on your end, like the skills that you would provide women to really be fulfilled. And I love that you're not just focusing on the salary because money can be earned anywhere else, but character building is something that is continuous. Right. What kind of skills do you actually like provide for your program? If someone else is listening and they're like, hey, I want to talk to Mia. Yeah. So we provide from the minute that you are interested in getting a new job, even if you're not really sure, you don't have a very solid career like path, we help you to actually effectively architect a career strategy, both short and long term. So we always start with the very the crystal clear strategy and you hone the skill 
and being able to effectively architect your career and build it. And we teach these women how to shape that over time. Things change as they progress, right? So we always start with a root foundation, right? We definitely do leadership development. I think that it is incredibly crucial if you're going to be helping women to earn more money and to, you know, get all these other things that they get in this new job, like how can they really be effective leaders so that they do not step in and feel like imposters? That's one of the big things. So I'd say that's definitely part of it. And then we have a really comprehensive process. It's called Master the Seven Seconds. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and it walks through, I have friends who um, work at, you know, Airbnb and Microsoft and Meta, and they were kind enough to run their resumes. And so we literally have sample resumes and we like, you know, the names of course are hidden for like confidentiality sake. But um, we walk through like best practices, like why they got the job. We even include like cover letters that have been successful. And then we, it's really neat because we have like templates so that you literally click on a template and it literally creates a brand new doc based on the resume favorite that you loved. And the resume favorites are all from like bang companies and the one except was like your baby. Um, and, <laughs> which is still like very, you know, like, Procedures is to lie up there. And so then we have uh, within, you know, the whole like master of seven seconds, there is a both a passive as well as an active job search strategy that we recommend doing. Um, and then after that, we do a very clear, we help them to actually figure out like what in the market would be a suitable range to target. We help them to like look at what data to pull. Cause if you're looking at Glassdoor, if you're looking at LinkedIn for your data, you are most likely not going to be pulling accurate data. I would say the one exception to that is if the employer has provided the accurate salary range for the role, then you're at least making progress. But even that, there's still typically money that there's still typically wiggle room. And if you know how to increase that, you know, have signing bonuses, have various add-ons, even some of which are non-monetary and are super like uh, pretty simple to negotiate that we have in it. And then the actual, um, we do a lot of like training because it's a, it's a weekly one-on-one training with one of our coaches. So we do trainings like on, you know, going through the interview process and getting rejected and what to do then and how to take, like how to have a fast iteration process where you get feedback, like, okay, maybe you're somebody's formatting it in one way, and you've gotten X number of rejections. What can we do differently? What have we learned? And we're quickly helping our women to iterate so that they're able to be adaptable and flexible and then have that end result, that extra 30K and all the other big things that they're targeting in their role within that 12 months. And so it's a slew of like skills that we teach them. And that's why it is every single week is because we know that there's so many like road bumps that you encounter and we're there to not just help them overcome them. That to me is a very reactive approach, but we're incredibly proactive about letting them know the road bumps so that we problem solve in advance, right? And then we do not have very many road bumps. That's actually good because you're covering both. What about your career that inspires you? I kind of answer this in like a twofold. So I would say first, like I think that most people's whole drive is like, from what I've seen, maybe three or four on a scale of like one to ten. 
mine is like a 10 or like an 11. And I don't know why, but I feel like I would like more this way. And like, I deeply love what I get to do. Like sometimes it's hard for me because I like need to stop working and I like forget to stop. Like you need to sign off. And so like, I think like having, being like so incredibly passionate about it is like very, very helpful. I will also say, I view this as like a game. I think it's super fun because you're like testing, you make an assumption, testing to you if you're right. You know, and the game that like I play a lot and of like interviewing and like salary negotiations, but I have a lot to do. And I think like I love like in, in the game I play, the silence that is established, like my favorite part of all the 5,000 interviews is the silence that skill negotiators have after I say, what's the side you're going to do marketing? And I love dancing and positive <laughs> negotiations <laughs> because it's like playing ball. Like we'll be like, oh, um, before I let you go to rain, provide the like or what is the side range for the role why right? don't reverse it back to me and i'll be like oh i'm not quite sure yet you know the hiring manager is still solidifying the exact range and then i say what is your range and reverse it back to them right and then the really skilled one they do what's called like a double reversal and they'll say you know i am super interested in this role however i do need to have all of the data up front before i'm able or before i'm comfortable in that process, could you let me know that salary range once you do have time to connect with the hiring manager? You would be shocked at like the number of hiring managers that like quickly. I mean, legally, I think it's about eight states right now that require it, but um, you would be shocked at like the the pay increases that these people are able to get when they know what game they're playing. So yeah, I would say like I really I love what I do is like the short answer to the question. Yeah, I think you're really I can see the passion and helping others, I think, get what they want gives you a really super high. I love it. I can see it in your face. It's like, hey, I'm helping others that inspires me to get what they want. Um, so I was going to ask you about that, too. Like, what does inspiration allow you to inspire others? But I can already see like you gamified your passion in this level. That's how I see it. You gamified your passion by helping other women get what they want. Not just not just about salary. It's like you said, it's one component, but everything else. that Because I think it, when it becomes the habit where they know the tools and they know how to play the game, it doesn't matter which game they're playing at that point. They already have the tools on how to ask questions or how to negotiate certain things. It's not just about the salary at that point anymore. It's just a matter of a situation now, right? Because you've given them that tools. That's pretty interesting. And I'm excited actually about that. I was like, oh, that is kind of cool. I love it. Um, my last question. His Holiness, the Dalai Lama chain, basically said that change begins within you. Use compassion to change your world and ultimately our world. So Mia, how do you hope to change the world? What a powerful question. <laughs> I would say that I'm on a mission to empower women to be everything that they've ever dreamed or maybe even haven't done the dream. And I want to be an example of what is possible, 
right? When you live authentically and when you live in a way that is, you have a crystal clear mission. Yeah. Wow. That's kind of cool. I love it. Thank you for sharing that information. I appreciate it very much. And continue what you're doing because I can see the passion in you burning inside to help women. And even this conversation will go out through the world. And I'm hoping that whoever is listening, I have a lot of international students who listens to it. They get inspired to even reach out to you, maybe in your team. I know that I don't know if you're just working here in the U.S. or if you're an international company, but they might reach out and said, hey, I need help. Help me. What kind of skills can I get today to negotiate my life? Not just salary. Forget salary. We're beyond that. Yeah. This is amazing. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for listening to my podcast today. If you have any questions, email me at lua at levelupbydocleland.com. Lua, L-U-A-B-Y-D-O-C-L-E-Y-L-A-N-D.com. It's open for consultations and courses will be offered soon. I will see you in my next episode. Stay connected, informed, and inspired. Until next time.